0: and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. I want to start off by apologizing that the introduction to today's episode is going to be a little bit longer than usual. If you want to pass over me gushing thank yous, you can just skip ahead a little bit less than five minutes. Heroes, I've been doing this show for well over a year now, and nobody involved in it could have possibly anticipated how big the show was going to get. I am constantly overwhelmed by the appreciation and support that we receive from our fans. Whether it's fan art, fan fiction, or just letters and tweets of people writing in to let me know that the show is important to them. But even with all of that, nothing could have prepared me for the response that we receive to our Patreon campaign. These days, it is incredibly difficult to make a living in entertainment. It doesn't matter if you're a musician, a comedian, or even a game designer. And while the internet provides ample opportunity for people to engage with their passion, most of the time it makes it almost impossible for them to make a living from it, at least in a traditional way. Before I started One Shot, my comedy career was basically over. I had spent thousands of dollars on an education in Second City and IO, and I was about to spend a couple hundred more at The Annoyance. You see, in Chicago, we depend on passing auditions at these major theaters for any type of paying employment. And even if you make it through most auditions, the likelihood that you'll get paid and the amount that you'll get paid is slim. Even a lot of the people that I looked up to, both teachers and performers, had to maintain second jobs. It's the same story in the game industry. I know less than a handful of people who make their living exclusively by designing games, and all those people are names that you would probably recognize. If I wanted to do things like own a home and start a family, I would need to get a real job and soon. I did one shot because Pat asked me to put it together, and because I wanted to take my mind off things by playing some games. The response was life-changing. One shot by no means was an instant success, but it got enough of a response to keep me going. Both Kat and I felt that if we pushed at it, we could turn this into something. And today, just about a year and a half later, at the time of this recording, we are $66.83 away from me being able to cut back on my day job to start doing this full time. That is nothing less than a dream come true. And honestly, there aren't enough words that I can say to properly thank you all. So I'm not going to thank you just with words. It sucks that people cannot make a living through comedy or gaming. And I promise you, all of you, that we are going to do our part to build up this industry and make it into something that can support people because people love these games. The only reason a dumb little show like ours got such a response is because there is a gap in people's lives. They want to see more entertainment around these games. And that's something that Kat and I and our team can definitely do. We will make these games more accessible and we will build this hobby. This money is more than a gift. It is an inspiration and a tremendous responsibility. You are going to see great things come out of our network. With that, I can tell you that logistically, we're going to start coordinating physical rewards next month. Nobody's card gets charged until the end of each month, so we want to make sure we have all of our ducks in a row before we start committing any money to shipping things out. But I do want to get them out there as soon as we can. The audio thank yous aren't going to start up until June either, because Kat and I want to get together to record them. The Secret Archive is going to get at least one new episode this week, as we continue to edit our back catalog. Speaking of the show, this week we are playing Heroin. Now that's not Heroin as in the addictive drug, that is Heroin as in female protagonist. Heroin is an apocalypse-based story game that's made to emulate stories like Labyrinth, Wizard of Oz, or Alice in Wonderland. It's exactly the sort of game that Cat and I love to play. So, we put together a great group of players, and we came away with something that I think is a lot of fun, and a good bridge between the dramatic work we were doing on L5R and our usual silly nonsense. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. Uh, First up, a familiar voice to everybody: Cat Murphy, James D'Amato. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's it's been a little while. Has it been? Uh, yeah we we've been doing L5R. Oh for yeah, a yeah. While, so, so I haven't been on so in a bit. Yeah, welcome back. Thanks, Kat. We are doing heroin this week. The role playing the role playing system. system, not, not the, the other thing, not the super <laughs> addictive and lethal drug. No, the
1: role playing system. The role
0: playing system, which is you know about movies like Labyrinth. And, uh, and Wizard of Oz and all that.
1: Things that I would call just classic fantasy format stories.
0: Uh, sure, that's what you would call. But, like, (laughs) actually, a really important part of the system is that it's female led. It is. It is
1: female led. That's, and that's all of my favorite movies in that genre are female led. Like, Coraline and mm-hmm. Spirited Away and so, uh, Cat Returns. Since and-
0: you are playing a companion yep. character, um, slash narrator, that's like also possible for you to take over uh, the GM position. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favorite companion from one of those movies?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. What did you just do to me? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I really love these movies.
0: They're really good movies. All of them. I, I love all of
1: them. You know, it's really hard mm. to pick one. But I think I'm going to go with the Baron from The Cat Returns.
0: Oh, my God. Baron is flawless. The fact that the Baron has not received an ending is probably one of the biggest cliffhangers
1: well maybe maybe it did there are a lot of shorts that only appear in the ghibli museum and we don't have access to them
0: all right so heroes uh if you're listening to this uh go to our patreon right now uh (laughs) give us money so that kat and i can go to the ghibli museum and just confirm if there's an ending we could (laughs) we could could look look at wikipedia yeah yeah, we could could just do that but i have no interest in doing that i would rather go to japan to the ghibli museum uh just to be sure
1: yeah. And I'm going to hand out homework, watch uh, whispers of the heart and then cat returns if you haven't done that already.
0: Yep. Let's move on <laughs> to Mike McDoll. Mike. Hey. Welcome back. Uh, you, you actually haven't appeared on one shot yet. You have appeared on our companion podcast campaign as a companion bin bon, and you were very popular.
2: Thank you. I, I, I welcome all my new Twitter followers from around <laughs> America. Um, I appreciate your support of my
0: role-playing character choices that I made. (laughs) And you are also playing a companion this week. So from a classic fantasy story, what is your favorite companion? The first companion that comes to mind is, it's not
2: a a, a classic fantasy story, Mm -hmm. but if Jackie Chan Adventures uh, centers on Jade as the protagonist, I think my... Companion would have to be Jackie it's
0: Chan. Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan, that's a great companion. And here's the thing: I feel like there have been other movies where Jackie Chan has just been in might, like a classic fantasy. Yeah, there role. might
1: not be an actual fantasy element, but the the shenanigans they get up to are zany enough to count. Yeah, awesome. and he's, he's
2: he's nice. He's polite. Yeah, you're
1: gonna be safe. He's with a Jackie fantastic Chan. mentor. Yeah. And his physical comedy. Oh, he's the like well, Charlie he's, Chaplin he's, of he's age.
0: the most talented physical comedian who is alive today.
1: Great choice.
2: Thank you. Knock <laughs> it out of the park. I welcome all new Twitter followers. It's <laughs> Migdol time. <laughs> Check me out. Hashtag chill time. That's part of my brand. Yes, chill chill time. Time. I'll tag out now. Uh, no.
0: uh, and finally, our special guest this week is joining us from the Jank Cast, another wonderful role playing podcast, uh, is Megan Pedersen. Welcome to the show, Megan. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, we are absolutely excited to have you. Uh, and you know what? I don't want to cut you out of the fun just because you are playing our heroine for this <laughs> week. Did you have a favorite companion that you would like to talk about?
3: Well, uh, one thing I talk a lot about on the Jankcast is my love of the Zeppo. Uh, I don't know if people are familiar with this term. The Zeppo, it came from a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode uh, that centered around Xander, who's actually Mm. one of my favorite companions. (laughs) Zeppos are the characters that don't have any powers. They're the normal people. Oh, the Sokka. (laughs) Yes. uh, Actually, Sokka is another one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, He's great. uh, Or... or, or, I think to a certain extent, like Ron Weasley in in Harry Potter books is kind of the Zeppo because he's not real smart and he's not real good at a lot of stuff other than like tactics and strategy and like playing
1: chess. He's a darn good
3: keeper. He's well, is he? was it by the Even end
1: by the end but, well he he always i don't know he stood up for people more than anyone else
3: yes yeah he the the zeppos oftentimes have a lot of the feels mm. like they've got a lot of the yeah, stuff
1: he's the heart of the team
3: exactly yeah. yeah yeah so so in general my favorite companions are always the zeppos and saka is a great example of one that i love a lot from avatar because like everybody else has crazy powers and he's like I gotta like double down and learn how to use this sword. I'm like
0: okay, the boomerang. <laughs> I'm
3: I'm I can if if I can throw this boomerang and hit something, and hopefully it'll come back to me. Then I can continue to be effective in this, this situation. But otherwise, I'm just gonna have to figure out something else to do. Yeah. So the blue guy. Yeah. Yeah. So so those are my favorite companions, cool. and and I have a number of them that I like a great deal.
0: That's great. That's great. I think that is a wonderful genre of companion to like, and with that. I think it's time for us to start our game.
3: Okay, so our action opens on a small split-level house in Overland Park, Kansas. You hear the door slam as our heroine, uh, Lindsay O'Connell, age 11, has come home from school. This is the last day of her first week at Comanche Elementary School uh, because this is her first week in the household that she has been placed in. Lindsay is a foster child. Uh, this is uh, probably the sixth or seventh house that she's been placed in. For a number of reasons, it just hasn't worked out. And so we see her heading towards the room that she shares with one of her new foster siblings, um, a younger girl named Diana. Diana comes through the door following her. Because one of Lindsay's new jobs, and she thinks of all of these as jobs, is taking care of the younger
0: kids. Um, And we we see a little bit of Lindsay's room. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has been, it looks like it's been prepared sort of nicely for her. The room is, first of all, painted like a kid's room. There is that little strip of wallpaper along the wall with pastel animals on it. Uh, These just happen to be birds. Uh, there are, uh, there are like toucans and posters, uh, they're like zoo books posters on the wall. And there there's a big animal theme to this room in general, uh, which w- is great for the child who is following Lindsay into the room right now, because that's exactly the sort of room that you would love as a kid for somebody like Lindsay. It's not quite something that blends in with her. And we see Lindsay uh, swing her book bag down onto the bed and notice that the diary that she keeps is not in the place that she left it.
1: So I was thinking that we should play Sorry, because I'm tired of the memory cards, and you said you were going to play with me when you got home today, and I was really good at school, so I was thinking we should play. That's
3: fine, but what did you do with my diary? I put it here.
1: Nothing? I didn't touch it.
3: Well, then where is it? I
1: didn't touch it.
3: I don't believe you. You keep moving my things. I I have told you. I don't care about playing games or taking care of you or making snacks for you. That's fine. I recognize that this is what I have to do now. But my things are mine and you can't touch them.
1: If you beat me in the game, I'll give it back to you.
3: So you do have it, and you lied. I,
1: You you said you were going to play.
0: Lindsay! Lindsay! Uh, Calling from downstairs, uh, we hear Lindsay's uh, foster father. It's that split-level house. Uh, There's that narrow staircase that sort of overlooks the rest of the house, and he is at the bottom of the stairs. He's got, like, mussy hair, total dad sweater, uh and he's wearing khakis, not jeans cuz he's not a cool dad. <laughs>
3: um yes.
0: Um hello, welcome home from school. Thanks. Um uh, how are you settling in? Is everything all right? I'm noticing a bit of Anger, resentment... Everything is fine. Oh, good, good. We uh, were just he about looks to... entirely relieved at that statement. That completely not believable statement has completely put any fears to rest. Oh, good. Uh, could you take out the trash? I asked you to do it last night, and I woke up this morning. I noticed it was not quite done, and I figured it would uh... be a good thing to happen. yes i will take out the trash thank you thank you uh very good very good
3: excellent and then i'll play sorry and then everything will get put back in our room the way it was because we'll do cleanup we like to clean up right that
0: is grand look at that mm-hmm. that's grand oh good <laughs>
1: great sometimes i forget that you can't see expressions on the radio the kid looks uh excited and scared and is clutching onto the back of of Lindsay's pants.
2: As Lindsay goes to the door, she opens it up with the uh trash that she's picked up and she sees uh a man in a suit that doesn't fit quite well standing on the stoop about to ring the doorbell. Uh he has a briefcase in one hand and in the other hand uh which he was trying to press the doorbell with he's holding a large Papa John's pizza
3: <laughs> with all the fix-ins. yes uh hi yeah. um I- i'm sorry uh i i can go get um uh, john i assume you're here for john
2: what's, N- your, what's your name no no this is uh, uh this is jack jack finley
1: mr uh, finley
2: hey <laughs> hey how's it going kids hi you must be you must be lindsay he says to to you uh, Diana. Diana.
1: D- no, I'm, I'm Diana. We've met. We've met Mr. Finley.
2: I'm Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay. Sorry about that. I just, just came by from, uh, protective services. It's going to check in. I brought some pizza. You got to make my rounds once a week. I got a couple stops after this.
3: Oh, wow. Uh, they don't usually bring pizza, but, um, I have to take the trash out, so, uh, c- come in. Jack! Jack, hello! How How are you? How
2: do you find yourself? Uh, you know, same old, same old, uh, the old wife's got
0: me on the, uh, in the hot seat. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, I see that you've brought flatbread again. Good. Uh,
2: just, just as a Papa John's pizza, <laughs> um...
0: Right. And, uh, you... We, we did discuss this before. Are there any animal products on it at all? Yeah, it's a, it's
2: just a standard pie. It's kinda yeah, got cheese in and- well. Marin- marinara sauce and, uh, some sausage.
0: We do have a little bit of a touch, just a touch of lactose intolerance and, uh, gluten intolerance. And so this is very nice. I think we're just going to put this to the side. Welcome, Jack. Welcome. So, How uh, are you? Jack. I, you know, I'm doing, doing
2: pretty, uh, pretty all right. Just coming in to check in on, uh, on Lindsay.
0: Well, I believe everything is going grand, Lindsay. You were just about to so, take out so, the refuse. Mm-hmm.
3: As as he says, you're just about to take out the refuse. <laughs> uh, she's already made it about halfway down the driveway. <laughs> the bag has ripped open on the bottom, and a small trail of organic uh, 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 food wrappers and... Um, uh gluten-free, uh you know, uh uh pizza boxes, etc., etc., are sort of following her like a little trail of trash crumbs down to the end of the driveway. She does not realize this has happened until she turns around and sees the two adults in the door frame.
0: Uh crows from all over have descended upon this trash and like they're making it so much worse. They're picking it apart for shiny things. Mm-hmm. John is incensed. He, he runs out, uh, with a broom. Bloody crows! Every time! Go away! Go away! Leave us alone! We don't want any of it! And they're, they are squawking madly. Lindsay, what have you done? It was a full bag. I,
2: I didn't mean to. It just broke. Seems like it was just an honest mistake. I mean, look at this, look at this bag. It just had a little rip in it. I don't see what everyone's getting all in a tizzy about.
0: It- it's, it's um Lindsay is a daydreamer, which is lovely in its way uh she she likes to imagine things and think quite a bit and it is fine but recently um he pulls you aside we have had troubles with her studies uh she has not turned in a single homework assignment and i believe keeping a proper household and home will provide the structure that she needs to succeed in an academic environment
2: yeah yeah look a lot of time in these transitions the the transition period is fraught with uh some some hardships and a lot of times it's tough on the on the, the foster children when they're put into a new environment so i say give it a week give it two weeks don't read too much in to any any troubles at school these are quite common uh
0: jack i am not new to the foster game as as you should well know uh from the notes that i assume that you must have taken uh, as part of your employment engagement i believe a firm hand is necessary so that uh, when things normalize they have not normalized to a point that is detrimental to the child, I'm sure a person of your responsibility would understand that.
2: Yeah, no, I understand. I know. I I've read the textbook on how to be a a foster uh, a foster parent. I am sure. Use a use a light touch. All right, come on. Please.
1: As you uh, come back inside, the pizza is missing, along with Diana.
0: Um. This, uh, I I knew I put the flatbread right down here.
1: Where is your sister?
3: I I was cleaning the driveway. I can't keep track of her and do things like that.
0: Right. Of course. Of course. Um, how about this? I will take care of the driveway. Uh, you should gather your sister and, uh, set the table. I believe we are having company for supper. How
3: nice. Great. Um, sure. I'll go look for
0: her. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't mean. Uh, w- am I your company for for something? You did bring over a flatbread, did you not, to share with? Uh,
2: I just. Am, I'm getting a buzz right now. My pants are vibrating, <laughs> and not in the way that I liked. Believe me. Uh, getting a buzz from my wife Diane. She's really. Uh, like I said, she got me in the hot seat, and I've got two more families to drop pizzas off to. <laughs> before I can make it back home.
0: Is that a new part of social services that you are also a food delivery program? It's not required, <laughs> but it's just a little
2: uh touch that I like to You know, like, I'm just trying to be a, be the human face of protective services, of all right? A
0: large governmental organization. You are doing perfectly. Uh, he sort of like snidely says that picks up the trash. Um Puts it over to the bin, and uh, we join Lindsay.
3: So, uh, one of the features of the backyard of this particular family is that there was a playhouse that was built mm. um, specifically for Diana, uh, and it was explained to Lindsay on her first day in the house that that was Diana's space, that was her playhouse, and that only people that she invited in could be allowed in. Okay. Um, there have been a couple of times since uh, her her beginning of her stay where she's run way to the house Mm -hmm. just because she's not quite to a point uh lindsey is not quite to a point where she feels like she could just get out of here completely yeah and each and every time she has gotten in trouble because even though it didn't really bother the little girl it bothers the father a great deal
0: sure um one one thing that i want to add about this backyard is that in addition to the playhouse there's also like a croquet set set up mm -hmm. there are uh, I don't know. Whatever the modern safe equivalent of lawn darts is, there's a bocce set. There are mm-hmm. a lot of games set up in this backyard as mm-hmm.
3: well. But they're all games that require more than one person to play. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I, I, Lindsay opens the little door to the playhouse and pokes her head in and finds Diana just two slices deep
1: does she though that's the question she might not find diana oh that's a good point she might find the place slightly changed yeah how are we feeling so
3: so this would be the
0: narrator choosing a choice oh interesting putting a choice yeah
1: that's how do we when do we end the scene and how do we do it Uh, it's
0: really there are not too many guidelines uh for that because it's supposed to be Fairly open.
1: Perfect. Okay. Then I'm just going to start bringing us into the other world if everyone's okay with that. Okay. Yeah, okay. That. okay. So you open the door to, to the, to the playhouse. Uh, it's a wooden playhouse, uh, that was built for her. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty beautiful in, in the custom work that's been done. There are, um, um, gosh, what are there? Uh, it has like those, uh, those rick like hearts and things carved into the, the molding. Um, and it is typically littered with, uh, what, what someone would normally think of as garbage knickknacks that she has taken from, uh, people. This isn't the first time that you've seen your stuff go missing. It just hasn't been a breach of trust like a diary mm-hmm. up to this point. Um, but the place is slightly altered. It's much bigger than it was before. Hmm. Uh, you, that's, uh, it doesn't, it feels Like a normal sized cabin. And as you move in, the back wall starts to extend. Oh my. More and more stuff, uh, is aligned on these shelves on the side. And there is, uh, there's no Diana. And Hmm. as, as
0: you actually call out her name, you start to hear it echo through the halls Mm -hmm. of, of this, you know, increasingly vacuous house.
3: Right. And the things that are on the shelves, some of them were things that I brought specifically to this place, as Lindsay, entrance into the, into this household. A lot of the things are, however, things that were lost and left behind in other places. Mm, mm.
1: That's cool. I think, uh, as you start moving through, uh, there's a table with, uh, the flatbread left on it.
3: There's flatbread on the table. There's the, space, the flatbread on yeah. the table.
1: So the space is getting larger. Um, that's, uh, Diana, keeps like birds nests and as the space gets larger she keeps birds nests that uh the birds have long since you Mm -hmm. know left for she's not
2: snatching them she's not snatching
1: them no she's not a malicious child she just keeps these uh these kind of disgusting you know feathered things um that they're like the all over the rafters and more of them keep growing um and there is that flatbread on the table Mm. Lindsay grabs the flatbread. As soon as you grab the flatbread... It's a pizza. It turns... Just what my (laughs) wrong
0: character calls it.
1: (laughs) 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 The space uh, returns to the room that you're familiar with.
3: Gotcha. Um, And so we see Lindsay come flying out the door of the playhouse and running back towards the house. As she does so, uh, because we haven't established it yet, she has long black hair that uh, uh, sort of trails after her. Yes. And... um, she wears like a little uh, sweater vest that's too big. It was her mother's mm-hmm. and she's always kept it. She always wears it. And it kind of flutters actually almost like a small cape behind her as she's as she's uh, running back. So um, she comes busting through the door of the house, puts the now sort of manhandled pizza on the table and says, I don't know where Diana is. I, I looked for her in the playhouse. That's where she always goes. At least that's where I thought she'd go.
0: Uh, I did not see her in the yard either. Like he's now looking incredibly worried. He starts going through the different rooms uh, in the house, uh, you know, turning over uh, seat cushions, doing unreasonable things just out of uh, sheer desperation and not being reasonable. Uh, Mike, is your character still around? He had left but he realizes because he's
2: pretty scatterbrained and bad at uh, just having his uh personal belongings collected on him, he realizes he has left his briefcase uh <laughs> and he swings the door open and goes, Hey, hey, you guys! um uh, do you guys see a briefcase in here? <laughs> it seems to have left the the dang thing when I came and dropped off the zach.
0: <laughs> John is so like. Into looking, he is not even noticing this person. Like, the, the door to the house is open.
3: Lindsay's run to the table, grabbed the briefcase, is clutching it, runs to uh, uh, you at the front door. Jack. Jack. And uh, uh, she says, I don't think this place is going to work out. Lindsay, you found my briefcase. <laughs> I, I I did. I don't think you heard me. I, I don't want to be here. I'd like to go somewhere else.
2: Well, is everything okay? Well, what seems to be the, what seems to be the problem? He takes
0: a knee.
3: He yeah, he takes a coach's knee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she hands she hands over the briefcase at that point. Um, Thank you. It's just it just doesn't. They don't they don't want a foster child. They want a babysitter.
2: Now it's it's been about two weeks, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, but I I, I just want to be able to just go to school and have friends and not have rules about watching a younger sister,
2: Lindsay. Now. Do you know the story of the hermit crab? I'm sure you're gonna tell me. <laughs> now, there's a story about a hermit crab. His name was, uh, Ben or <laughs> Zach or let's, something let's, like let's that. Let's call him Zach. I like Zach. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I his, like Zach. His name was Zach. Okay, good. Now, he was in his shell and he was up on the beach and now he, he Zach was a real shy hermit crab uh-huh. and it, uh, it took him a while to come out of the shell. But when he did, something good happened. I don't remember the story exactly. Uh, my wife Diane writes young adult books. And it's, this is essentially one of her books. Uh, yeah, I can't for the life of me remember how it goes, but I think the point is you gotta give it time. <laughs> okay. All right. Didn't come out of his shell, and he was missing some cool stuff that happened on the beach. Um, there was like a tiki dance or something and a bunch of other hermit crabs, and there was a girl hermit crab.
3: Yeah. I'm doing an awful job of telling you this story. I'm just thinking that, um, because I used to have a hermit crab a long time ago, that you give them different shells until they find the one that fits, because um, they don't stay in shells that don't fit. My shell's not fitting. I don't think that's how the story went. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like my story better.
2: Lindsay, it's been two weeks. You know, you, you know we've got four weeks of of doing this before we can move you to another one. I know. And I'm sorry what happened at, at the last place. And I'm sorry what happened at the place before that. But this guy, uh, John? Yeah? He checks out.
3: He doesn't believe in sugar.
2: Yeah. My wife, my wife doesn't believe in sugar, I tell you. She won't let me have any Krispy Kreme donuts.
0: Would you believe that? As
2: he says it. But, uh, you know, I'm not always home. And then he pulls out a small Krispy Kreme donut out of his fanny pack that he has on. Because he wears a fanny pack in addition to a suit.
3: No! Of course he does. Where are you, you going to put your stuff that you can't put in your briefcase? Yeah. You got to put it in your fanny. Not yeah. going to put it on my bike. And he points
2: to his recumbent bicycle, which was how he biked here. <laughs> nice. Does it
1: have pizzas strapped to the back? It has a,
0: there's a, there's a like pizza a, carrier. A, a pizza carrier thing. <laughs>
1: he
3: has like a, has like
0: a, yeah, like the, a the, the
1: hot bag. Yeah. That's why yeah, yeah, yeah. he's
0: incredibly sweaty.
2: By he's, the way. he's a very new age type of protective service agent. Yes. Uh he's showing up to people's house with pizza mm-hmm. on the that he brings to them via his recumbent bicycle. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Also, <laughs> he's a cool dude. Mm-hmm. His tie is like uh Looney Tunes. Tie. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's a cool guy.
3: <laughs> yeah. It does get weird when he has to like give rides to people elsewhere on his recumbent bike. And they have to sit on his lap. <laughs> or on the pizza.
2: <laughs> on the pizza. <laughs> yeah, probably gonna sit on the pizza. Yeah. He thinks to himself about times that this has happened. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Give it some time, Lindsay.
3: All right. All right. Will you come back next week and bring a pizza?
2: Hell, I'll come back tomorrow.
3: Really? Will you bring pepperoni next time? Because they don't believe in that either.
2: I don't think John would like that very much.
3: Good. Wink. Oh. <laughs> Could you also bring
2: garlic bread? All right, now you're pushing it, Lindsay. Get back in there, you scamp. Okay. Thanks. He, uh... Looks at you and then goes to tussle your hair, but then pulls back at the last second. Like, uh.
3: Yeah, there, yeah. I think there's a moment, too, where Lindsay's like, uh. <laughs> he, like, he's also holding a
2: donut in one hand. Yeah, that's why, that's why she's
3: like, uh, Like, mm, don't nope, want that in right. there.
2: Nope, good. Mm. Well, I should be hitting the old dusty roads.
3: Okay, thanks. So she turns and heads back in uh i imagine that uh, uh john has started mm-hmm. stacking things like moving furniture yeah,
0: he's he's like eh, he's tearing the house apart
3: and he's also on on his cell phone calling like a couple of parents mm-hmm. of friends well, he's, of- he's
0: calling he's calling his wife right uh he's like she's at work um y- yes H- honey i mm-hmm. yes i know i mm-hmm. no there's a pizza I know and I said that I said that to him and right it's just if when 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 you come home tonight and he just like puts the phone down and like breathes and is like have you located um your sister she's not my sister and I talked to Jack right a, s- a step sibling uh would that be Uh, better i'm not i'm afraid i don't know the right words to say and that is not the pressing issue at the moment Mm -hmm. uh where have have you uh, uh, he is like really flustered at this point um like there's a lot of pressure uh on him he's 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 also sweating quite Mm a bit um he's like Almost on the verge of tears a little bit, because uh, he doesn't know how to handle this situation.
1: Which is which is kind of a problem, because this used to happen a lot. Yeah. This used to happen all the time, but it hasn't been happening mm-hmm. since a certain older sister figure yeah. moved into the yeah. place.
3: And I imagine that there have been other older sister figures that have shown up over time. Right. So.
0: Uh, Lindsay um i know that you have had a difficult go at adjusting to this new circumstance and i i i understand that life is not easy but you have to believe me when i tell you you have been a stabilizing figure in this household ah uh, we and you know he's uh looking like he gestures to a picture of the the other girl's name is Diane. Diana. Diana. That's Dianne. also Diane's the wife. Yeah, Diane's well, also the wife. That's what confused me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, was, also, I was wondering was where Jack that was... and
1: Diane. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Little ditty. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: so yeah you guys have laughs about that don't you Jack? Uh I am not here right
3: now. No no no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, just saying your character. Has, oh yeah. Has some laughs whenever about that. whenever we
2: introduce ourselves to other people, I always go, we're, yeah, we're Jack and Diane. Like the
0: song. <laughs> Can you believe that? He's just referencing a song about people who failed in life and are kind of miserable. Uh, he doesn't uh, focus on that part. Uh-uh. Uh, anyway, uh, so he gestures j- to a picture of Diana. Um, we have not been able to adjust to some changes in our lives and, uh, Whether you think of yourself as part of this family or not, there are certain people who do. Okay. People, sometimes when we grow up, and you can tell he's already losing himself, like, in the thing that he's trying to convey, Mm -hmm. we have different responsibilities uh that we never imagined that we'd have and even if we don't feel that we're ready to take on those responsibilities it can be important uh even though we don't like everything that we have to do As and he some rules do sense and
1: your mind starts to drift um the back wall starts to extend in your peripheral vision until suddenly you focus on it and everything snaps back to the forefront. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you understand what I have told you? <laughs> He's like, he like re- clearly reached a point where he was a little bit more confident and he felt like he conveyed a message.
3: Right. and She sort of looks at him she's like, the only answer I could probably give you right now is yes? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Splendid! Good! Um, well, in that case, I think you know what you have to do.
3: Yes, I do. I'm gonna go get my bag and I'm gonna go down to the playground and see if maybe she's there.
0: The playground! Of course. I will check the upstairs and we will rewarm that flatbread and enjoy dinner. Supper. Could you call it pizza once? Just for me.
3: <laughs> Try it. Pizza. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, John. So she scampers up to the room, grabs her backpack. Uh, the backpack is another thing that is always with her. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the family is concerned, they've seen her carry it back and
0: forth from school. So they Oh, the backpack. The backpack. Yes, it is a thing that is always with her. But is it there when she goes to grab it? I don't know. Is it? I don't think it is. Definitely
3: okay. not. <laughs> Excellent. So yet another thing has been misplaced. What
1: does it look like though?
3: Uh, it's purple. It's purple. Uh, it is. It's kind of a just a standard is issue, like a Jan Sport. Yeah. Okay. Backpacks got the front zipper pouch. Yeah. It's got the top zipper, sort of half moon zipper black straps the thing though that has been added to it Mm -hmm. is a variety of uh patches have been sewn on it oh
1: cool so there's a hand sewn
3: yes cool there are a couple of of uh like girl scout badges that Mm -hmm. were sewn on it um there's like one that was from uh like a a family like 5k walk that uh she had been on a, a number of years ago with her family so things like that there's and and a couple of like uh um, there's like a, a little patch that's um, uh, for like Looney Tunes, It's like a Bugs Bunny head, sure. that kind of thing. So those have all been sewn on there. Uh, but it's very clear that there's a strategic method to where the patches go. Because mm-hmm. they're kind of coming from one corner at the bottom and sort of like encroaching further and further up. So it's not completely full yet. Okay. Uh, but yes, as soon as she enters the room and sees that that is also gone. Mm-hmm. She turns bright red, Mm -hmm. contains her anger, turns on her heel, and immediately heads for the school's playground, which is two and a half blocks away from the house.
0: Great neighborhood.
3: Yes. In fact, the house that the family purchased was strategically purchased so that it was close enough for the the children to walk to, Mm -hmm. but not far enough so that, like, you know, they could get into any danger. Mm-hmm. In fact, that is something that is one of the rules that has been put upon Lindsay, now that she is in this household, is there is a, a there's sort of a, a area where she can go. Oh, okay. And an area outside of that where she is not allowed. Right. And there are certain things that would just be a block or two further, mm-hmm. but they're not allowed. Same thing for Diana. Diana is only allowed to go to that border because it's not safe beyond there. Right. Um. So the playground is, like, the furthest place in that, like, few block radius that they can go on their own.
2: And there's, like, a stream right next to the playground Mm -hmm. and a bridge. And that bridge is where uh, you cross over into the Forbidden area. Right. Where there is a cool arcade with, like flashing lights and fun space sounds coming from that you can just faintly hear from the playground Mm -hmm. and you see all the popular kids at the comanche yep comanche elementary school elementary school all hang out there uh just laughing and eating pizza Mm -hmm. with all the toppings (laughs)
0: pepperoni
3: yep (laughs) they have nachos there
0: oh my god put nachos on pizza yeah, With pepperoni mixed in.
3: They got that orange cheese that's not like anything that you can get at the grocery store because it comes from a can. Yeah. It's great.
2: I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I cut my hand on one of those cans one time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes. So, um, so she tromps down the street. Uh, and as she's uh, uh, stomping down the street very resolutely, very angrily, um, you see... Sort of uh, uh, along the street, it's tree-lined, and the trees create like a nice archway over the uh, the actual street. The canopy of um, leaves creating sort of like this dappled effect on the, um, the pavement as she walks. And uh, the further she goes, the shadows that are falling from the trees, in addition to looking like leaves, they start looking like birds. And you just see uh, this sort of pattern of sunshine and shadow and birds, and sunshine and shadow and birds... Um, until she gets to the end of the block, uh, where the trees have stopped and the open area of the school's playground um, rolls out.
0: And you actually see uh, around the edges of that open area, the crows, Uh, the crows that had picked up the trash earlier. There are so many crows that are just watching this playground, a veritable murder of crows surrounding it.
3: And so we see some children playing at the playground.
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm. But is Diana there? So, uh, Diana is not there. Okay. Uh, but there are other children around her age, some of which you've seen her talk to before. Okay.
3: Uh, so Lindsay approaches the group.
1: I have to find Diana. Have you guys seen her? No. Says, uh, one defiant looking, uh, six-year-old who...
0: There are other six-year-olds behind the six-year-old with their arms crossed.
1: Yeah, um, except there's one in the back who looks a little nervous.
0: A weak one. <laughs> ah, good.
3: She's She hones in on that one. She's learned from being a foster kid that you can always get...
0: There's always a weak there's child. There's always uh-huh. the kid
3: that's just with a slight bit of a threat. Uh, and Lindsay does, uh, though she is a small, smallish height child, uh, she does sort of uh not tower over but but uh yeah stand- she's t- she's imposing she's imposing um especially because To a 6 year old <laughs> yes and especially because she's one of those foster kids yeah they got a bad rep those are bad kids they got taken from their houses cuz they're bad and their parents are bad and their whole world is bad so you got to watch out for them cuz they're going to be bad towards you
2: you might catch their bad <laughs> yeah become you a might. foster kid too <laughs>
3: Uh, so uh, she she rolls up on this kid and is like, look, I can tell that you know something.
1: Don't rat, Simmons. Oh, God, jeez. Sim-
3: Simmons is sweating. <laughs> you know what, Simmons? You should rat. You should tell. Because if you don't tell me, I'm going to tell on you.
1: And then you're going to get in trouble. Simmons, like, glances back and forth between you and the other kids behind you. The other kids are actually
0: a little bit freaked out now, too. Uh, uh,
1: yeah. And then his eyes dart across the bridge. Before thanks.
3: thanks, Simmons. I
1: did it. I did it.
3: Simmons, you're so weak. <laughs> God
1: Simmons
2: <laughs> One of the kids puts their hand down in like an okay sign. Oh, no. made, and yeah, Simmons, Simmons it,
0: looks at it.
2: And then right as uh right as Lindsay turns to To, like, coolly walk towards the bridge. Mm. She just hears a small thud of a child fist hitting a child (laughs) arm.
3: (laughs) Yep. Yep doesn't distract her. No, She's got- she doesn't
0: look back. <laughs> She's, She's
3: got bam. business on that bridge. You
0: don't look back at explosions or kids in No, there. Soft, no.
3: Soft impacts. Yes. Yeah, soft impacts. You just see,
0: like, the, the shot is framed. Soft impact, great action movie title. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a,
1: there's the beautiful shot of, like, you walking determinately mm-hmm. over the bridge, and then you stop halfway through, and the wind blows through your hair, and uh, your face focuses as you see Diana in the arcade. Playing uh, a a game solo, um, with your backpack on.
0: It's called Bird Quest. <laughs> bird Quest. <laughs> it's a your. B- is it the updated version of Joust? A uh, Bird Quest is actually very similar to a uh, flash game that people might be familiar with called A Crow in Hell. Oh, okay. Uh, where you have to navigate this little uh, bird through a very dangerous landscape.
3: Name dropped. Name drop. Uh, so yeah, bird quest, bird quest, awesome, okay, so uh, I choose you to narrate how I make it through into
1: perfect the so, world, so I think uh, so Lindsay, uh, as soon as she sees her backpack, you know, but she sees red more mm-hmm. or less, um and uh she yells something she doesn't frequently do, um she's like. Diana! You are not allowed to be there. Um and Diana hears her somehow over the din of the arcade turns and her eyes go very wide and very scared and she turns and starts running into the arcade. Uh Lindsay starts running after her. she has to go across a street. Uh she almost gets hit by a car but it I mean it stops well before mm-hmm. her. Um she like uh glances at the guy um, I don't know. Are you the type of child to flip someone the bird? Yes. Yes. Flip someone um, the
3: bird. I learned that yeah. from a, a different
1: foster home. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, you, you, you flip them one, you kick the, the, the front of the car, and then run off into the arcade. Um, which is different than you remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, for, to start, it's way more packed. Um, and you can't see the back of it. Uh, as you start moving further into the room, um, the denizens of the arcade sta- start changing from, uh, the human teenagers <laughs> that are frequently there to something decidedly more avian.
0: Ah. Yeah, you don't notice it at first. No. But it's something that the audience can very clearly see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like different shifts in how the people look. And, the blinking lights are replaced with shiny bobbles and, uh, you know, the carpet slowly becomes twigs piled atop twigs, uh, and there are feathers sort of floating around and you eventually emerge in this clearing, uh, mm-hmm. in these woods and it's sort of a dim, gray sky there are trees all around you you look back and you don't know how you got here you look back and you just see trees you look up and you see this sky that that just is not familiar there are certain things in life that give you a feeling of like whenever you walk into a room that you didn't expect like, you go, oh, suddenly this is just not the same as the thing that I was expecting. That's the feeling you have when you look at that sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the the world around you feels very big, but it's not sort of echoey big. It's a sort of big that steals the sound from your mouth uh, when you call out for Diana.
3: Okay. So I think this is the point where we have a chapter start,
0: yes. correct? this is the start of the chapter.
3: Someone is the narrator.
0: Yes. Kat, I believe both you and me are good to pick for the narrator. Mm-hmm. I could do it. I think you should do it okay. to start.
3: Okay, so.
2: I could do it later on, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Whenever you guys want to seize the narrator position, you just have to take four of these things. Uh, and, and, or g- give up four of these things. Mm-hmm. And you get those things, again, by, by making trouble. By making getting into trouble. In trouble. Got it. Yep. All right. Uh so you are in this clearing. Um what do you do? Like now now that it's very clear that you're no longer in an arcade. Uh you have called out you've called out Diana's name and like you're in the woods.
3: I am now in the woods. Is there a path or a trail? Or uh, is this, or is this like dense woods? So and is this a
0: clearing too? This is, this is like a clearing, but it's not like a grassy clearing. This is a clearing where there are roots tangled yeah, on so top ex- of other roots. Explain
1: the transformation to me. Is it that the games slowly turned into trees
0: and yeah, she the, ran the through games, them? So as, as she ran through them, like, there were at first the similar trappings of mm. an arcade. Right. And like, I think at the very end, of the thing you did catch a glimpse of diana Mm -hmm. and suddenly like when there were bright baubles on the walls and like still sort of arcade machine like things with avian type creatures playing them like in the periphery you wouldn't have noticed there's a difference you saw diana you focused in on her she turned a corner you turned a corner and you were in this lar- this clearing, which, again, is roots on top of roots and, like, almost forms a nest.
2: Can we say, too, that it is, like, dusk and there's, like, a moon slowly yeah. peeking up? And the moon is the color of a blue robin egg. Yes.
0: Speckled. So blue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, th- there is a robin's egg blue moon. And that-, that is the thing that like gave you the, this is not familiar. This is alien and weird. Mm-hmm. And you turned and di- did not see the path that you came down from. Right. So there's
3: a moment. like She had been so focused on getting her things back. Getting her, catching up with Diana. That um, now that she is here and she is alone and it is isolated and there is nothing familiar around her she's very scared and lindsay breaks down she sits on one of these big gnarled roots and the tears start welling up in her eyes and they're falling down her cheeks and uh the quiet of this clearing is uh just sucking up all of all of the sounds of her of her sorrow um and you know, as, as she sits there, panicked, not sure what to do, the moon is rising and the light in this clearing changes from sort of that, uh, dim, dusky, uh, uh, darkness right. into something that's actually kind of ethereal and glowing. Right. It has that blue, uh, glow to it that is reflected down from this moon. Um, and as that happens, uh, uh, all of these little, um, glowing sort of almost bioluminescent things become uh, seen yeah little flowers little veins in the trees
0: yeah you're, you're struck by the horror of being alone and not knowing where you are and then that's quickly overwhelmed by the magic that is overtly being portrayed by these lights in the world like you might be alone you might not know where you are but it's not dark it's not cold. It's something that you can deal with. Uh Mike, what is your, what is what your character what is he bad at? Uh so he's, I he's bad at planning and time management, Perfect. which
2: I think would be a nice moment for you to hear a loud thumping mm-hmm. and sounds of trees falling down. And uh you also make out the voice of Dak hmm. who is talking very uh very loudly Jianne, I'm telling you, I'm I'm running a little late, but I'm going to I'm going to Jack? G- Jack! We've got an important place to be, Jack. Ah uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm not the one who took so long to put on her feather dress. Jack, <laughs> I need my feather dress to look nice for the parliament, Jack. Oh. Look, Jianne, uh we're going to get there when we get there. And Through this, you're, you're kind of sitting down on, in this clearing, Mm -hmm. just kind of like mouth agape as you see a giant, uh, (laughs) basically Kurt Russell. Yes. Looking, uh, dude who looks suspiciously (laughs) like Jack Finley.
3: (laughs) Okay. All Um, right. Okay.
2: But bigger.
1: Was, was Jack Finley played by Kurt Russell?
2: Yes, yes, he was, he was.
3: <laughs> in the movie version of this
2: But, but yeah.
0: he looks even more Kurt Russell now. <laughs> okay. When you don't try and put Kurt Russell in a suit and right. you just let him be naturally covered in, in- wild green hair. Yeah, you let Kurt
2: Russell be the most Kurt Russell form of Kurt Russell. Sure. This, yeah. Is, yeah. this is him. Uh, <laughs> but with added green fur on his bare arms as he wears a, uh, his finest tank top. And he's accompanied by a, uh, a mirror. Mm-hmm. That he's holding and speaking to a, uh, a flamingo. A flamingo <laughs> who's appearing in this mirror, which is a scryed, a scryed image of a flamingo.
0: This, on- this flamingo has, uh, long eyelashes, like incredibly long eyelashes, and has a, like a fruit hat put on.
1: She also appears somewhat plastic.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and her her like mouth moves like very automatically, yeah. like like a puppet mouth. Jack, Jack, I'm going to go ahead without you. You just catch up when you can, Jack.
2: Diane, it's Deck, All right, Jack, Jack. <laughs> <Deck! laughs> You've been wearing too much of that that dang lipstick. You know it. What it does to me.
0: Jack, <laughs> we're going to Parliament, <laughs> Deck! We can like that in Parliament.
2: Hold on, hold on. I just gotta take a quick break right here. I'm gassed. I'm gassed from going through this forest. Deck
3: giant so I imagine like the last tree that you knock down as you're like coming into the clearing like lands almost directly next to uh Lindsay as she's sitting there like just sort of looking up at the enormity of uh deck the pseudo Kurt Russell the
0: the wind from the tree fully picks up your hair. Yes. Yeah.
3: Too. Yeah, it totally like foops down and and you see a, a small upset child. Uh Dak lets out a primal
2: scream of fear <laughs> and throws his uh his mirror that contains his wife mm-hmm. uh into the air. <laughs> As it just like flies off into the <laughs> distance. Like a Team Rocket star appears. Yes. Ah! yes. Oh. Oh God. Oh Seven Lords of Gorbar, I'm in for it now.
3: Um, can you help me?
2: Can I help you? Where, where, Can you help me? My wife is gonna kill me! Oh, I'm sorry about that. We're supposed to be
3: at Parliament two hours ago! Is this Great Britain? Is this- What the heck is that? Parliament, I know that from school. Uh, This is weird.
2: Yes, this is very weird. Who are you?
3: Uh my name's Lindsay and I was in an arcade and then I got here.
2: Great. My, my name's Deck and I'm in a marriage and <laughs> I am going to parliament right now. <laughs> can I can I come with you? You want to go to parliament? These I, things drag on.
3: That's okay. Um because I don't know where I am and this place is kind of scary.
2: Don't you have a family? N- oh.
3: I sort of no my parents uh, are dead
0: as you're talking when she looks down and goes you know no you know not exactly uh there is in the distance um at the other end of the trees there's something shining moving closer it's like a dark Oozy type slithery thing. And it cuts away, it, it cuts back to Dak for a second so he can react to what she said again.
2: Wow, um, I'm, I'm sorry to, sorry to hear about that. Does
0: Dak see the. No, this is like he's caught up in her emotional moment, uh, so he's oh. reacting to that. So, he's
2: that- a uh, kid. You don't, so you don't got, you don't got nobody then, huh? You're just out
0: here in these forests. It's not safe. And we cut, we cut back. And we see large snakes looming up behind them, uh, and they both in that moment notice, uh, what's happening. Right before Dak mm-hmm. notices the snakes thing, mm-hmm. he goes, you know, this is Snake
2: Forest, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and as you say that, you see,
3: she's, she's been looking at you, and then you see her look up, and, and you are a very large individual, so looking up is like, she's almost looking straight up, and, and you see the canopy of all these, like, snake heads, sort of like, curling over the top of where, uh, Dak is. Uh. <laughs> hey, uh, Lindsay, was it?
2: Yes, that's my name. Mm-hmm. Was that the sound of a bunch of, Big ol', big
3: honking snakes behind me? <laughs> um, I think yes. In fact, no, I know, yes. That's a lot of snakes. They're very tall snakes. Lindsay, do you have brittle bones? <laughs> Um, no. Okay, great. He uh, (laughs) scoops her
2: up and then just starts running, knocking down trees as he goes. Yeah, uh, he
0: takes a look at his watch because he knows that all those snakes are coming out in Snake Forest. They're okay so long as it's not dinner time. When it hits dinner time, the snakes eat. Uh And on the watch, it's just a piece of pizza (laughs) denoting that it's dinner time.
1: Yep. Is it just separated into quadrants of meals? No, it's yeah. <laughs> just a
2: pizza. Just always oh, a pizza. That, is, that does make
0: sense that it would do that.
1: It's like well, the little it's lit up...
0: like a pizza pizza that moves yeah. around an empty box and like whatever quadrant it's filling up, that's what meal it is. Can I say that those type of watches
2: exist? But this is essentially the digital form of that, yes. which just says a pizza on it.
1: Nice. Yes. It just says a pizza. He
2: doesn't, like... Delightful. He never learned how to read right. that one. He's just like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh, no. it's dinner time. Lindsay, hold, hang, hang on to your britches. So
0: this is where you have gotten in trouble. Yep. Actually. Uh, so... You should, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, roll dice first, because you will collect either two or three, depending upon the result. Okay, well, and my- What?
3: According to this, it says, describe the companion doing something awkward, dangerous, or otherwise troublesome in the current scene. You mm-hmm. earn three drama points when you use this move.
0: Oh. oh okay. Then,
3: roll 2d6. Oh,
0: great. So, yeah, take three drama points, then. Oh,
3: fantastic. Drama queen. <laughs> That's me. Um, mm-hmm. So, So now you roll your dice. Okay, I just rolled two die. Two. What you get? Five? Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, if the total is eight or higher, tell the heroine player to set aside one die as a five, just as she would if she hel- If you had helped her. If the total is seven or less, you and the heroine player describe how the heroine manages to get your companion out of trouble. Either way, the heroine gains a drama point when you use this move. So... I get one.
0: Uh, the snakes are coalescing, like, sort of, they have surrounded you entirely like you started running one way there was a big pile of snakes you turned <laughs>
2: around the other way his hair flipping yeah in the wind it's, with each it's a turn mullet. it's a mullet mm-hmm. yeah it's a
3: total mullet um and i think as you do this uh uh Lindsay sort of uh you kind of got her under your arm at first and then you keep moving around and she's kind of like trying to grab and hold purchase on you because yeah yeah you're like a little ferret like right bro- so so, I eventually uh, make it up under your shoulders, and I master I've, blaster. I've grabbed your mullet like uh, like reins on a awesome. horse, yeah. and I am standing on your shoulders. And then I I, I realize that you are just like you've got no plan. Like, there's no <laughs> plan to escaping snakes, except snakes are bad, and you got to run. And I and I start sort of like guiding your mullet like uh, like you do with a horse's bride. I'm like, okay, we gotta go. We gotta go right, right. There's a clearing to the right. <laughs>
2: he is getting flustered with you pulling his hair. Of course. And he lets out a big, a big bellow and his, his strength is going with his gut. Okay. Uh, he is very much a creature of instinct and I'm going to say that he has a little pouch uh-huh. on his stomach too. Uh, and in it's this, just
0: a zipper in his stomach. It's a yeah, like, zipper
2: in his stomach mm-hmm. that he like pulls up his, uh, his fancy tank top mm-hmm. and unzips and, uh, from his pouch, He pulls out a, uh, a really tiny knife. Uh, it's very, it's like basically like a butter knife. And, uh, he holds it and goes, This is it! This is the stand!
3: (laughs) No, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a, there's a hole we can get through! Now,
2: this is your character getting my character out of a bind? Yeah.
3: Yeah. This is, yeah,
1: so the. So you choose to succeed. Well this is, no. Not, no? No, okay. this is
0: not that is at the end that's of the chapter. That's at the end of yeah, the chapter. Yeah, Got it.
3: So basically you've you've gone off kind of half cocked. You're you've gotten us into trouble because now we're surrounded by snakes. Yeah. So uh because your role was seven or less, yeah. My action is to describe how I get us out of Got the it. trouble.
2: Okay, and I think because I'm I'm gonna go with my gut in this and I'm feeling kind of protective of you. Mm-hmm. I am going to say, sorry, kid. It was nice to know you send my regards to Jayanne.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he
2: pops you off and hurls you into a, there's like a, a bunch of bushes that look particularly more soft than mm-hmm. the rest of the bramble. And he kind of throws you over there. Mm-hmm. And then with his tiny knife, uh, cause he's a big guy too. Mm-hmm. He grabs the nearest, uh, appendage of this coalesced snaky mm-hmm. hydra type thing. And then he, uh, Chops it off, and it's the smallest of the snakeheads, and he's like super proud of his
0: success. <laughs> yeah! yeah! And the other one's. <laughs> <Yep>.
3: <laughs> okay. Alright. Back to your character. <laughs> so I'm tangled in the bushes at this point. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it kind of, Lindsay kind of crawls her way out, and like she sees you like triumphantly holding up the smallest snakehead with the smallest knife cheering as the snakes are getting more and more pissed off around you i
0: think i'm going to at this point inflict an injury on jack uh or deck Jeez, louise on deck uh one of the larger snake heads the largest one uh has it looks like a cobra um and it has these bioluminescent eyes that are on its sort of like hood it uh launches itself forward and bites down hard on your arm, uh, causing you to drop your tiny knife.
3: Oh, big fella, hate ya? Uh, is this... Are we considering this the challenge?
0: This... I, I, I don't believe this is the challenge. Okay. It just seems dramatically appropriate to inflict an injury on him at this moment. You're still, like, going to get them out of danger. Okay. Like, use your wits.
3: Sure, sure. Okay, so she very quickly looks around and is trying to uh, figure out, like there's so many snakes but they're all kind of coming from one big snake so uh as you have distracted them with your injuries and my and antics and your antics <laughs> um uh lindsay realizes that like if she could just find the end of the snake maybe she could tie it to a tree or something cuz you know that's something you could do with the snake uh and then it couldn't follow you any further so she goes running she's like following the trunk of the snake like mm. further and further into the woods until she gets to the very end of it. And there, to her uh, uh, delight, is a big log with a hollowed- out like section of it that's perfectly snake-sized.
0: <laughs>
3: and so uh, she sort of steals herself for a second, hopes that she can move the snake's tail, grabs onto the smallest part of the tail, mm-hmm. and starts trying to like stick it into the hole so that she could put a rock on the other side to keep it from moving.
0: Uh, meanwhile, we cut back to the heads of the snake, uh, wrestling with Dak. Yeah, he has his arm out
2: where the, uh, he's, the, the bite happened. Right. And the skin around the bite, his skin is, is the color of like, uh, burnt sienna mm-hmm. and this the skin is is glowing green the same color of the eyes of the snake and he's like mm. but he's with his other hand he's just punching a snake
0: head <laughs> yeah it's like uh there is this area of the forest that is sort of cleared out with the gnarly roots where there are holes where these snake heads are popping up through the holes and each time it pops up through a hole like one snake head pops up he Hits it back down, yep, yep. and then others pop up, and he's just whack a those snakes.
1: There are uh, bioluminescent lights that start lighting up in the forest, but it gives the impression of uh, like those ball lights around mm-hmm. an arcade game.
2: Yeah. deck ain't going out like this! Bam! Boom!
3: Ah, my arm! <laughs>
0: And we, we cut back, uh, to you, uh, tying up the snake. Lindsay.
3: Yes. So, yeah, she's, uh, she's, so she's pulled this, the, the tail through the, the trunk of this, this tree and she's, uh, looking around and there's like all these bioluminescent vines. So she's pulling them down and, uh, uh, doing her best Girl Scout knots that she learned while she was a scout. She is, uh, creating sort of a, uh, 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 like roped in, um, uh, obstructions so the tail of the snake can't get free mm-hmm. Uh and then uh she goes running back along the, the thing to, to where dak is valiantly fighting off the snake heads yeah i think one of the snakes is now trying to swallow dak
0: yeah it's got like his fist is inside the mouth of the cobra that's like now just swallowing him yeah there's a giant fist-shaped
3: lump <laughs> in the neck of this cobra he's like oh jeez <laughs> So, uh, so she sees what's going on, and, and she's like, It can't follow you. I made sure it wouldn't be able to follow you. Come with me. A little, a little problem right here.
2: Uh, as his arm is getting out, he's like, Oh, I got to get back to Diane. She'd kill me if she knew I died. And you,
0: <laughs> you see on the ground next to him is the pen knife. And for him, it's a pen knife, but for you, it's like a broadsword. It's a sword. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah so I, I pick up the knife. Um, awkwardly because it's heavy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and the snake is taut because, yeah,
2: uh, Deck is, is holding a tree and like pulling He's trying to pull his arm, but the snake, it just has its fangs oh, just oof. embedded, just in embedded. There. And he's like screaming with the exertion, but he's not making any leeway. But the snake is so taut, mm-hmm. like
3: a, a grand opening ribbon. <laughs> yep. Yep. And my dad taught me how to climb trees. It's something we did. It's something I like. That's great, kid! (laughs) (laughs) The the overall narration comes into play as my voice filters down through the conflict. Okay. (laughs) So she so she climbs up the tree that's closest to where this this eternal battle between Snake and Dak is happening. And uh uh she looks at one, looks at the other, and is like, Okay, I guess this is gonna this is gonna be it. She grabs the, the penknife and sort of jumps forward in a very Jabberwocky-esque fa- fashion to snickety snack the head of the snake the off. The horrible blade. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so it gets about halfway through and then, uh, she's like, yes, this is great. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm gonna kill the snake. And then like, the the movement of, of her falling sort of catches up with her. So she's now holding onto the sword, which is halfway through a snake head, <laughs> uh, dangling from this, like trying to pull it down so that it cuts through the rest of the snake. With the
2: exertion and the cut that's just been made, it's enough for Dad Back to, to flex his way out and help you sever this head it mm. rips it's jagged there's goop shooting everywhere mm-hmm. lots of snake, e- you're covered <laughs> in low snake wing, goop you're covering snake goop i'm covering in snake goop the rest of the snakes kind of shrivel up and retreat back into the hole and kind of start to like turn it turn to ash all the way back to where you tied it up against the tree mm-hmm. and a tiny baby snake comes out of the ash and slithers
0: away Nice, phoenix Phoenix snake snake.
1: yes
0: well heroes that's it for one shot this week but we will be back with a continuation of our heroine story next week if you like what we do here and you want to support us please head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and pledge a couple dollars to support the network after just one week, we have 209 backers and we are less than $100 away from me reducing time at my day job to hopefully start a transition into doing one shot full time. We are also just $1,000 away from getting Kat to reduce time at her day job too. And when she does that, she is going to start a new spinoff to campaign where an evil party will be the protagonists. As an appreciation, all of our $5 backers and up receive access to the one-shot secret archive, where we have hours of material that never made it to air, including the lost episodes of Campaign, which will be completed this week, followed by the scarred episodes of Campaign, which we are still editing. We also have some games that I recorded with my family and never put on air, and Epiphany Playtests. Our goal is to get 10% of our audience donating and we are just 91 backers away from doing that. If you want to give us some non-monetary support, you can always follow us on Twitter at one shot rpg for me and at mail mandalorian for Cat. You can check us out on Tumblr at oneshotpodcast.tumblr.com, on Facebook at facebook.com/oneshotpod, or just join us on Google Plus in our one shot community. One Shot is a joint production between Paracosm Press and Peaches and Hot Sauce. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great articles, videos, and podcasts for you to enjoy at peachesandhotsauce.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes.